Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Adam Shine Podcast. Episode 25 of the Adam Shine Podcast. And we are absolutely thrilled to be back with you after a phenomenal week number one in the National Football League. We have a tremendous special guest on the pod this week. Mike Golick. You heard him in Morning Drive Radio for over 20 years on ESPN. And it really hit me that for the first time in two decades, you're not going to get Mike Golick's take on television, on radio, in terms of what he saw on a football Sunday. So we wanted to get the great Mike Golick on the podcast and It is a tremendous interview. We touch all the bases on week number one in the NFL and what lies ahead. So stay tuned for that. It is a a tremendous listen. We have some good fantasy news from the weekend. We're going to get into some picks and predictions after a really solid week number one for picks against the spread. Bob Steele will join me. Our senior executive producer will make some picks. We both went eight, six, and two against the spread in week number one. Couple of observations and strong takes to get you started as we tape this at around 2 o'clock Eastern time on a Tuesday. I really think one of the most underrated stories of week number one in the National Football League, the Raiders. Raiders fans know better than anyone that historically, over the last 15 years, 20 years, you would find a way to lose the game in Carolina that you won in week number one. And I told you Josh Jacobs was going to have a monster season and a monster week number one. The fact that the Raiders won that game and how they won the game, Cleveland Farrell making that tackle at the fourth down play at the end was huge. Jacobs on the ground. Three touchdowns, over 90 yards on the ground. Derek Carr rocked steady. I thought that was a tremendous victory for the Raiders. You know that I love them as as a playoff team this year. And I give John Gruden and company a lot of credit. That's a game that in the past they would find a way to lose. That offensive line is top two in in the NFL. Derek Carr, he was on our SiriusXM radio show right before the season last week, and, you know, he wants to prove the haters and the doubters wrong. I mean, he deserves so much more credit. I mean, last year in the season where Antonio Brown torpedoed the entire campaign and he didn't play it down after he quit on the Raiders, Derek Carr completed 70% of his passes and threw for over 4,000 yards. He doesn't get enough credit for that. And I, I love Carr, love Jacobs. They improved that defense on every single level. You know, lost in the shuffle, the Raiders winning that game is a huge deal moving forward. And I'm telling you, the Raiders are going to make the playoffs as a wild card team this year. 
out of the AFC. I picked the Steelers as a wild card team, and I was thrilled to see Ben Roethlisberger back on the field on Monday night, almost 365 days after what transpired with the elbow injury and the invasive and almost unprecedented surgery for a quarterback. And look, he's Ben Roethlisberger, not Benjamin Button, not getting any younger. And in the offseason, he looked roly-poly and out of shape, and they didn't improve the backup quarterback position. So there were some questions here for Roethlisberger and the Steelers and looked a little rusty to start on Monday night, but wow, he got into a major groove, and I was impressed, and I, I was not surprised. The Steelers took advantage. Ben took advantage of that beleaguered Giants defense. And you saw him throw the ball incredibly well and get Juju Smith-Schuster involved. And Juju played like a legit number one receiver after really having a disappointing season in terms of injuries and execution. And listen, he had three touchdown catches last year. He had two on Monday night. Six catches, 69 yards, two touchdowns. He got Deontay Johnson involved, Roethlisberger, Dade Washington involved, that big touchdown. Touchdown drive before halftime. Claypool made that ridiculous catch on the sideline. It was great to see Big Ben back. And that Steeler defense was was tremendous. They had three sacks of Daniel Jones, goal line stand after the muff punt. They had a couple of interceptions, Cam Hayward, TJ Wad, two of the superstars on that defense. This Steeler team is is different this year because of the presence of Ben Roethlisberger. This defense could, in fact, be the best in the league when it's all said and done. And uh, I'll tell you something right now. I thought that was ridiculously impressive by the Pittsburgh Steelers. And on the flip side, I don't want to hear anybody say anything positive about the Giants. You know, Saquon Barkley, 15 carries, six yards. 15 carries, six yards. It's year three with Saquon. They're not going to make the playoffs for the third straight year. Dave Gettleman is horrendous at his job. Still don't understand how he has it. You know, they hired Joe Judge. He strips the the players of their jersey names on the back of their practice jerseys. He won't acknowledge player names. He stops practice, makes them run laps. You know, this is the kind of style you you better win. You better win if you're going to play like, if you're going to be like this in terms of being over the top and, and intense. And we saw what happened with Eric Mangini and with Josh McDaniels when, you know, they tried to go over the top with the fake Belichick act and you don't win. Players are going to see right through it. You know, Daniel Jones, he dropped some dimes. So that rapport with Darius Layton was, was great. But the mind-numbing decisions and turnovers that – that can happen, especially in year two with Jason Garrett as the offensive coordinator. And, you know, this is not worthy of being the sixth overall pick. And we ranted about that all last year. So nobody can say anything positive, anything positive, in my opinion, about the Giants. And how about the Detroit Lions? I mean, if you know a Lions fan, give them an air hug. I, I think of all the brutal losses and collapses from week number one, and there were some bad ones. I mean, Vic Fangio, what, what the hell were you saving those timeouts for? You going to give them away for, for Halloween for trick-or-treating? I mean, what the hell was that? You know, the Colts losing to Jacksonville was, was an absolute disgrace. Philadelphia losing to Washington up 17, nothing was bad. Cleveland didn't show up, but nothing was worse than what happened to the rebuilding since 1957 
Detroit Lions. Nothing was worse than that. The fact that they were up 23, 23 to 6 to Mitch Trubisky, who couldn't hit the broad side of a barn in the first three quarters, and they blew it, and they lost, and they still had a chance to win, even at the end after they blew it, and, and Mitch Trubisky looked great in the fourth quarter after being that worst quarterback in the NFL, as we said he was going to be for three quarters. Matthew Stafford hits DeAndre Swift, who was so amazing at Georgia, and it's like he puts on the Lions uniform, and he forgets how to play football. He can't, he can't tie his shoes. He drops the game-winning touchdown pass in the end zone. Ah, oh, better laugh than cry, I guess. That's a good run for the Lions. This season is over. Mike Golick is going to join us to talk all things NFL right after this on the Adam Shine Podcast. Hello, SiriusXM. This is Pat McAfee. Starting Wednesday, my show is coming to Mad Dog Sports Radio. If you don't know me, here's a resume. I used to kick balls for a living. Sometimes I do comedy. I'm an undefeated professional wrestler except for one match. And I do a radio show where I'll entertain the living hell out of you with sports takes and some stories from my crazy life. The dumbest sports show to ever exist, The Pat McAfee Show. We're on weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern starting Wednesday on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82, Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, or however the hell you stream in your house. Joining us this week is our featured guest on the Adam Shine podcast. Listen, I miss getting his Football Monday takes as we've been doing for over 20 years, over two decades every morning on ESPN Radio. One of the all-time greats in sports talk radio from ESPN, the great Mike Golick. Mike, welcome to the Adam Shine podcast, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well. Appreciate it. Well, if nothing else, while I'd still rather be doing my show, I'm definitely getting more sleep now and getting sleep in. So I guess that's a positive. <laughs> so I'm curious, after all those years where the alarm goes off at an ungodly hour, are you able to get in a different routine? Are you able to get some sleep now? Slowly but surely. Well, I mean, one thing I'm doing, I mean, I used to be in bed by eight o'clock and I would watch TV, you know, um, until I would fall asleep because I had to get up at four thirty for 22 years. So now I can actually stay up longer because I don't have to get up, but I still kind of, when four thirty rolls around, I still kind of stir, you know, still kind of, kind of wake up and then, but I can go back to sleep till seven, seven thirty, And that's sleeping in for me now. So I, I get to stay up a little later and sleep in a little later for at least for the time being. Well, that's that's certainly good in terms of some extra sleep. And listen, we miss you on on the radio, one of the all-time greats in the history of Sports Talk Radio. And I'm excited about the new family podcast. You tease an announcement on Twitter. Sorry in advance, the Golick Family Podcast. We, we got to hear all the details on, because this sounds absolutely tremendous. Well, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's believe me, it's, it's not... It's kind of sports-related, but not. Uh, actually, it's really not. It's me and my wife, Chris. It was actually her idea. My son, Mike, my son, Jake, and my daughter, Sydney. Jake's wife, Jenny, who ran track at Notre Dame. And Sydney's now fiancé, Ben Broniker, who was a tight end for the Bears for four years. And now he is getting ready to go into med school. So we have somebody who's smart in uh, coming into the family. So every uh, every other week, the uh, the seven of us just kind of you know, whether it's by Zoom or if we're all in the same spot, depending on what, 
we just talked for about a half hour about basically about life, you know, and, uh, and the different experiences we have. And, and normally it's been Jenny and my daughter, Sydney, who have kind of stolen the, uh, the podcast was like Jenny, for instance, uh, rotating your tires, you know, when you take your tires into the, into the, to get rotated, sure. she thought they just put the car up on a jack and just spun the tires and just <laughs> rotated them that way and just spun them until they were all the same length. I mean, what the hell? We were like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> so like, you know, you, you change the different positions. That's like, why? That, that's, that rotating the tires, they're just, I just thought you spun the tires. I mean, this is the kind of stupidity uh, that goes on. God love her. And then Ben will give us a brain buster every now and then because he's smarter than all of us going to med school. And we just kind of talk and have fun. So, yeah, it's called Sorry in Advance. It's the Golden Family Podcast. And, and we mean it. After you listen to it, that's why we apologize first because there may be some things in there that make you cringe a little bit. Uh, it's awesome, and you can find it on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, and I, I can't wait for it, Mike. And listen, I I've been waking up, you know, for over 20 years and, and hearing your takes on everything going on in sports, and I said I, I got to get Mike on the on the podcast this week because I'm dying to know your thoughts on everything that happened in week number one in the National Football League. And look, there were so many great storylines. My personal favorite was the Aaron Rodgers middle finger tour is real and spectacular. What did you see out of Aaron Rodgers in week number one? It's amazing. Here's a team that goes 13-3 and last year, and we all are like, still, get the guy more weapons. I mean, get him some more weapons. He's an all-time great. You don't want to waste his talent there. And what do they do in the offseason of the draft? They do nothing of the sort. You know, now they have had some second rounders in the past that have turned into something, and certainly Devontae Adams is a hell, hell of a receiver. But yeah, I mean, this guy just keeps getting it done. You start hearing, well, he's getting older, which he is, just like Brady and just like Breeze. You know, it's not going to last forever. But this guy is, without question, one of the all time greats to ever play the position, and he keeps getting it done without multiple talented receivers. I, it's it's amazing, and he's the kind of guy. He's the kind of kind of that smug kind of chip on the shoulder. I'll show mm-hmm. you, you know, and act like you don't really bug me when you say stuff. But in, as a matter of fact, I, I look forward to putting it in your face, and that's exactly what he's doing right now. Yeah, which is why I referenced that middle finger tour. Aaron hears everything, he reads everything, he uses yep, everything, yep. and that's that's part of what makes him great. It makes him tick. And, you know, I loved seeing that from Rodgers on, on Sunday, and I think that will maintain and that will be something that we're going to see all season long. I'm curious to get your take on the debut for Cam Newton wearing a New England Patriots uniform. He got a victory. Mike, is this something that can sustain moving forward? Well, listen, first and foremost, he, they're fun to watch from the fact of the versatility that they can, they can use. Now, listen, he's Tom Brady, is, if not the greatest of all time, right there in the team picture. Cam Newton yes. isn't in that stratosphere. But what Cam Newton gives Josh McDaniel is a, something that he had in Denver with a, a Tim Tebow, a guy who couldn't throw very well but could run. Well, Cam can throw certainly pretty well, and he can run. And, and I know – you sit there and you say, do you want to run him as much because he's getting up there and he's dealt with injuries? Listen, he is what he is. Part of his allure and part of what helps New England in this case is the threat of him running and him running. 
So he's going to run. Now, I don't know if it's going to be 15 times a game like it was this last game, but boy, what, what, what it adds to this offense. The one thing I'll say, I don't think this offense is going to be a 35 point a game offense. You know, right. I, I think they'll, right. they're going to, they're going to, you know, kind of slug some things out with him running in the running game and the short passing game. Um, but I think it'll fall like on their defense. Remember, they lost a lot on their defense. I think they have maybe the best secondary, though, in the NFL, which is going to help them. Uh, but, but I loved it. I love the fact that the mix of the pass and run, something you never had to even imagine would go on in New England in the last two decades. Tom Brady, unless it was a quarterback sneak, was not going to run the ball. No, no, absolutely, positively not. I, I found Brady's Buccaneer debut. I found it to be jarring, Mike. I, I really did. I don't. I don't think he played well at all. I, I still have high hopes. I'm not jumping off the Brady bandwagon after one week. You know, I still love the Buccaneers. I still like that defense. Still think Brady could be great. But boy, Tom did not play well. And Bruce Arians was very critical of Tom and everything after the game and in the ensuing days. What do you make of the play? What do you make of the comments? Well, I, I, listen, Bruce Arians has always spoken in his mind. He was ripping into his left tackle as well uh, in this game, thought he had, had a horrible game. And, and I actually, at the time I saw the, the interception of the overthrow of Mike Evans, I thought that was on Evans. I had thought at first Evans pointed to himself, but it turns out that was on Brady. Evans was doing the right thing, and Brady overthrew it. And the other one was just, you're throwing an out route. You can't be inside on an out route. And that's, there's your pick six. And for Brady, three games in a row now uh, that he's thrown a pick six. I think it was a little surprising. I think the buildup was, look at the weapons they got. And even some free agents wanted to go there. Uh, and they got help on the old line in the draft that, that they were going to be able to contend with New Orleans. In all honesty, I'll be honest, these are the two quarterbacks, two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Neither one looked very good. Bruce threw, Bruce threw it through for 160 yards. He didn't throw an interception and had two touchdowns, but he wasn't very spectacular. Brady definitely wasn't as well. So it was, a, everybody was looking forward. Who were the biggest two storylines? Cam Newton in New England and then Brady in Tampa Bay and then going against New Orleans that first game. And from the quarterback position, it was kind of a, eh, that wasn't the greatest thing in the world we ever saw. That's for sure. Yeah, I agree. That's an excellent point on Breeze. I, I said as much on, on our radio show this week. I echo that completely. Boy, I need a thesaurus, Mike, in describing the genius and the greatness of Lamar Jackson. We had him on the radio show last week, and I'll tell you, he still was very angry about what happened in the playoffs against Tennessee. He was he was foaming at the mouth to get back out there, and wow, he put on an absolute display in week number one. So that, this is, this would be twofold because you would think the only thing left on their resume is they got to get over this this playoff jinx of they're a good team and they can't get you know they, they can't get anywhere you know it doesn't matter how good you are if you're not getting to the show then then so what but also you got Pittsburgh you got a great defense on Pittsburgh and you have Ben coming back is that are, are they all of a sudden gonna gonna stick a little closer to Baltimore so that's something I'm keeping my eye on uh, as far as the division. But then as far as what they did, it's another team that had already was an excellent team, but had a really good offseason on paper with some of the players they brought in free agency trade and draft. So they're really set up well to where you're saying, listen, if they're not getting to the AFC championship game or to the Super Bowl, then it's going to, it's to the point where you're wondering if it's a disappointment, 
you know, for how good they are. Because mm-hmm. and one thing that usually happens, Adam, is is a guy or a, or a system gets figured out. Well, Lamar Jackson is just so good that you can figure it out, but that doesn't mean you're going to lay a hand on him because he's so quick or so fast that because what what do you say? A running quarterback, man, just hit him. And he won't want to run anymore. Well, you know, you can't hit what you can't catch. Good luck and with all the that. Way yeah. they mix it up, the, the, the way they mix it up with tight ends and the running game that they have going on right now is, is pretty impressive. You know, J.K. Dobbins comes in and has himself, you know, not, not a huge rushing game, but gets a couple of touchdowns in there. So between the, the running backs and the tight ends and Lamar Jackson, they are formidable. Now they play the Cleveland team, which is still awful. I, I wasn't a believer in Baker Mayfield when he was taken number one. And they loaded him up with some weapons on both sides of the ball to help. Uh, but and and let's also preface by saying it's week one in a pandemic when nobody got to have any preseason or normal practice. Right. So let's take all that with a grain of salt. And I want to go back to something you said about Pittsburgh. And and we're taping this at two fifteen in the afternoon right now as I look at the clock on on a Tuesday. And the Steelers played on Monday Night Football and Roethlisberger, Ben Roethlisberger. Got back to his first ballot Hall of Fame form, and that that defense for Pittsburgh is is nasty, Mike. I mean, they they've got great players, three first team All Pros. I love Devin Bush in in year number two. So take me through that. I want you to elaborate on that point because I was f- interested in it. Pittsburgh, Baltimore. You think that's going to be a dogfight this year in the AFC North? Well, I do. You, you know, even without uh, Ben last year. You know, they were going to add that, that, that extra playoff team this year. They would have been in that position last year. They, they would have been in the playoffs, and that was without Ben. So Ben coming back, I, yeah, I, I like what I see with them. Um, now, what did hurt is DeCastro was out at right guard. Wisniewski came in for him, and he got hurt. The right tackle got hurt. Looks like he may be done for the season as well. So that's one thing Ben usually had was a solid offensive line in front of him. Uh, but, you know, Ramon Foster, the left guard, had retired, and as mentioned, um, uh, DeCastro out at the right guard. So that's got to get solidified. But you had Connor in the backfield. You know, Benny Snell, you know, had himself a, a pretty good night as well. 19, what, rushes he had over 100 yards. So I like the running game. You know they love that, that running game. And then uh, Juju Smith-Schuster had himself a nice game. So did uh, Johnson had himself a nice game. I'm telling you, Chase Claypool from Notre Dame had two catches last night, but Ben's going to fall in love with that guy as well. So, yeah, I actually do think that they're going to battle Baltimore for that that conference or or division title. I want to get into your Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, every year I'm always high on the Eagles, and I love Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman. Mike, I'm not feeling them this year. Uh, and I, I always I always want to pick Philly to fly. I always want to pick them to do great things. I thought the game was going to be competitive against Washington going in. I took Washington with the points when we made our picks. I thought that Philly would win. And up 17 nothing. I sure as hell thought Philadelphia was going to win. Offensive line is all banged up. Washington took advantage. You know, is this one bad week for Philadelphia, or is it more than that? Well, I, I, I have, again, I'm, I'm going to preface everything with week one. I really am. Um, but, man, as I watched that thing and as I watched it slipping away for the Eagles, you know, having a chance on offense and not coming up with anything and Carson Wentz with his two interceptions, and, and I, I just, it does worry me a little bit. They have no running game whatsoever. 
and, and they could have controlled the game that way when they're up 17 nothing, but they didn't. Kudos to Washington to come back. And Washington is going the way of San Francisco, you know, with, with loading up on that defensive line and getting pressure on the quarterback. You saw they had eight sacks in this game after they, they pick up Chase Young, but they already had a good offensive line. Now they have that rotation like San Francisco has. So the defense played a little bit tougher, especially in the second half. And so while you have to give credit to Washington, I still don't think a lot of people think Washington is going to do anything this year. And everybody thought it would be Philly and Dallas that would fight it out for the, for the uh, division title. And they both end up losing in the first game of the season. But yeah, I think I would worry a lot's getting laid on Carson Wentz, who before he got hurt a couple of years ago was having an MVP type season. He's never been able to recapture that just yet. And, and I'm not sure they'll have the weapons to do that or not outside, outside of two really, really good tight ends. And as Deshaun Jackson, you know, where, where are we going to go with him? You know, I mean, are we, are we going to get to Deshaun Jackson of a couple of years ago at some point? You referenced Dallas. I, I was really surprised by what happened with the Cowboys on, on Sunday night. I, I thought the offense would look much better than it did. I love Mike McCarthy. I think he's a hell of a coach. I don't think he had a great night. I, I didn't like the – I would have kicked the field goal. I know all about analytics. Yeah. but yep. I, 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 Mike, you would have kicked the field goal as well there? I would have kicked the field goal there uh, for sure. I mean, then you have mistakes. You know, when, when, you know, you're going for, you know, on, on fourth down, you know, the route you're running to make a fourth down. I mean, yep. it, it, it's, you, you, you make, this is just, just some really bad mistakes that are made, but yes, I, I would have kicked it on that fourth down uh, before I that play. I, I would have tied it up. Yeah. And I'll tell you what also bothered me even before that. Or not if you're, up that, no, that, yeah, yeah. No, would have tied it up. Hundred percent. Would have tied it up. You're down right. by three. Yep. And the play yep. before the third and six run with Ezekiel Elliott, I just didn't think anything translated down the stretch there for the Dallas Cowboys. No, I, it, it was it was surprising. I completely agree. Uh, I definitely expected a little more out of that because because I think there was some, and I, I was with them. Was was. You know, the Rams going to take a little step back or not? You know, mm-hmm. we weren't sure about them, but we thought Dallas was, was loaded for bear now and, and ready to go. And, boy, I tell you what, you know, the, the one worry you have there is that old line. They, they have really the two stars of what used to be five stars there and Dak Martin and Teron Smith. But, boy, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, you know, one game in, you know, was already solidifying defensive player of the year the way <laughs> uh, he played in that one. So, Let's see going forward if they can if they can stay away from some injury on that offensive line like they they've been getting nicked up in the past. Yeah, I love Aaron Donald. I mean, you know, I I, I oh. joked and I wasn't really kidding. I mean, you could name the defensive player of the year award after him, Mike. It's not even fair if you're an offensive lineman. It it has now. My son was a, my son actually played against Aaron Donald when Mike was O lineman at Notre Dame and Aaron Donald was a pit. And he wasn't obviously this Aaron Donald, but he was still a great player, obviously in college. And and you could just set whether you're a current O lineman or a former O lineman. When you see Aaron Donald, you just, you just start going, my God, you know what? <laughs> he is a you know the the one the D lineman. How I played with that you game plan for was Reggie White. You actually game plan for where he was, and you have to do that with Aaron Donald. You have to know where he is what he's capable of, and you, you position your offense according to where a guy like Aaron Donald is. And again, for his size, he's 280-some pounds. Yeah. By the time the season ends, he's in the 70s. So it's unbelievable what he does with his quickness, his strength, and his leverage. 
How about the landscape of that NFC West? I mean, it's the best division in football, I thought, going in. I think week one proved it. You know, the Rams, they have stars. They have a great coach. And I had them in last place as an eight, nine win team. You know, I love the Cardinals. I, I love what they did in the offseason. How the hell do you trade DeAndre Hopkins? He was outstanding. Oh. oh, the Niners, even after a loss against Arizona, you know they're well coached. You know they're loaded. You referenced the defensive line. Seattle let Russ cook. Give me a thumbnail sketch of what you see here out of the NFC West. Oh, listen, I thought Seattle, like they're finally running the offense for Russell Wilson. I mean, my God, it, it took them long enough uh, to, to understand that, I think. And, and I think they, I had, I had the Rams last as well. And I had the Cardinals third. The Cardinal talk this year is kind of like the Browns talk last year, where everybody thought they were ready to jump into the playoffs. And I didn't think the Browns were ready for that last year. And, I wasn't sure the Cardinals were ready this year, but what a start for them. Kyler Murray. I mean, are you kidding? 91 yards rushing and 230 are passing. I mean, incredible what he's able to do. And then to get DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, all he does is have what 14 catches in his first game. What the hell was Houston thinking? Trading away that guy. Just, just, I mean, it blows my mind that that even happened, but so I mean, I, I thought it would be San Fran, Seattle, Seattle, San Fran, and then Arizona third. But, you know, again, this is week one, so we'll wait and see uh, about about how consistent everybody could be. But no doubt you are correct, and, and anybody thinking that, that this is the, the deepest division there is in football. Mike, you are the best. It, it's great to hear your voice. I love hearing you do college football over over the weekend. And we miss you on, on radio every single morning. True professional Hall of Famer. Always love hearing your takes. And by the way, speaking of college football, 1998, my senior year at Syracuse, I graduated in 99, Mike Tirico, Mike Golick on the Syracuse Donovan McNabb Cincinnati call. You put me and my college best friend, John Lou McCarthy, our college broadcast, made it onto ESPN2. So thank you. That was a big moment for me and for everyone in college. So thank you for that. And thank you for the time, Mike. And congratulations on all your success. And we can't wait to listen to the podcast, my friend. Oh, that's very cool because I love taking my trips. I, I, that, that's a, that, what a cool memory that had to be. And listen, going and doing a game with Tarico in Syracuse, it's oh. like the Pope. It's like everybody walks by him and kisses his <laughs> ring and bows in front. It's, it is just hilarious how he is just an icon there. It's great because he's such a great guy. He is the best. Mike, you're the best. We appreciate it, my friend. We'll be listening to, sorry in advance, the Golick Family Podcast, and we'll be watching you, of course, doing all the college games on ESPN. We'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it. Excellent stuff out of radio legend, sports radio legend, the greats, Mike Golick. Hey, everybody, this is Fran Fraschella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic buys it into Mickey, and somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid have stolen victory from the jaws of defeat. Episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Adam Shine, not telling you to wager on football, but here we go.
It was a great week one, all things considered, after there was no preseason games and, you know, not a lot in terms of the practice. I love the picks against the spread. I felt good. I felt great about going eight, six, and two. Our senior executive producer, Bob Stew, went eight, six, and two as as well. Thanks, so, Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, what the hell? Bob, we, we would have easily had that ninth win if it wasn't for Goskowski. I mean, Adam, he's got to make at least one of those kicks. Any of those kicks. If he, Adam, if he makes the extra point, we cover. The line was two. We pushed. It would have been three. We would have easily won. I still can't believe we didn't cover that the Titans game on Monday night. You have any regrets from your picks in week number one? Any Anything that you say, ah, oh, damn, I can't believe I did that? Yeah, absolutely. The biggest regret I have, how did we get duped by the Atlanta Falcons once again? Uh, Tire shine on sports crew again, Adam. You, me, Mikey Fitz, we all took the Atlanta Falcons, not only just to cover, but also to beat the Seattle Seahawks. The game wasn't even close. That is my ultimate regret, not believing in Seattle again, Adam. Yeah, that was that was a bad job by us. By the way, looking ahead to this week, you know, Seattle is favored by four against Cam Newton and the New England Patriots. Now, obviously, no fans in Seattle but New England has to go coast to coast, and, and Russ was unreal against the Falcons, as you mentioned, Bob. I, I'll tell you right now, I, I love Seattle this week, favored by four on Sunday night football against the Patriots. I couldn't agree with you more, Adam. I love Seattle, too. Look, Russell Wilson's going to have far more success against that defense than Ryan Fitzpatrick did. Look, you saw the Falcons had a ton of success through the air against Seattle. I think that was more about Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley than it was about the Seahawks secondary. Cam is not going to do that to the defense with limited weapons on offense. I'm going to take the Seahawks win that game by double digits, Adam. What are some of the lines for week number two, Bob, that jump out to you? Uh, The one that jumps out to me immediately is that the San Francisco 49ers are only favored by seven points in New York against the Jets, Adam. That's the first one I circled, seriously. And, and, and I'll take you a step further, right? As we're taping on a Tuesday and, you know, George Kittle will be evaluated this week. I mean, I wouldn't even play George Kittle, make sure he's 100%. If they don't have Kittle, if they don't have Debo Samuel, and they won't, if they don't have Ayuk, I mean, that defensive line is going to crunch the Jets' offensive line. I mean, without question, San Francisco should win that game by 10 points. I mean, Adam, the Bills held the ball 41 minutes. They should have beat the Jets by 40. I mean, Allen fumbled twice. He had the kicker missing multiple kicks. I mean, the defense let Jamison Crowder go for a 70-yard touchdown on the third and long. I mean, I think the Jets are the worst team in the entire league. You mentioned Kittle. I don't care how banged up the Niners are. The Jets have shown no signs of being any good. Le'Veon Bell is hurt. Take the Niners. You're not going to regret it. That's an easy one. You know, another line that stuck out to me, Adam, the Steelers. They're favored by a touchdown at home against the Broncos. How do you feel about that game? I love the Steelers. I do. I do. And, you know, I think week two is a tough week to pick games, seriously, because you don't want to overreact to week number one. It's always a very difficult week for for picks and predictions. But that's one where Drew Locke against that defense and no Von Miller, obviously, for the year. I, I love Pittsburgh in that game. I'll give you another one. Dallas favored by five against Atlanta. I think that you're going to see the Dallas Cowboys bounce back in a major way. Do you think that Dak Prescott 
might laugh when he studies the game fill of that Atlanta defense against Seattle last week. I I could see Dak Prescott throwing for three, four touchdowns in that game. You know, it's funny. I was just talking about how I thought, you know, it was more about Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley, you know, than it was about the Seahawks secondary. You're right, though. I mean, if there's another three-headed monster out there that could rival that three, it's Cooper, Gallup, it's CeeDee Lamb. Look, Atlanta's secondary was so terrible against Seattle. you got to think that Dak Prescott's going to carve up that defense. I agree. I don't want to get duped by the Falcons again. You try not to overreact. I feel like we say this every year with Atlanta. I agree with you on this one. Dallas should win that game by at least a touchdown, especially at home. You know, the last game that interests me, Adam, there's a ton of excellent games on the slate. But just looking at this quickly, Baltimore-Houston. I mean, to me, that's going to be a very interesting matchup. The Ravens, they're on the road. They're favored by seven against the Texans. Bob, I'll tell you. you and tell me if I'm wrong. You picked Cleveland last week, right? No, I took the Ravens last you week. You took the I, Ravens. Okay, maybe it was well, Mike on Friday who took who took yeah. Cleveland. We had Lamar Jackson on, on Shine On Sports last week, and – I don't know if I'm going to bet against the Ravens all year after that yeah. interview. He was he was so angry. He was so focused. He was so pissed off, and he couldn't wait for the season to get underway. You know, Watson obviously going up against Jackson. It, it's going to be spicy. It's going to be fun. It's going to be sizzling. Who the hell trades DeAndre Hopkins? I mean, may, maybe I should think a little bit more. But but I couldn't circle Baltimore fast enough to cover the spread. Yeah, I agree with you, Adam. I mean, the Texans couldn't stop Kansas City. Look, you mentioned that Deshaun has no help on offense. The Ravens, they might be the best team in the entire league. One through 53, you've mentioned it time and time again. Lamar Jackson didn't even have to use his legs against the Browns. They beat him by over 30 points. I don't think the home road splits matter as much this year, Adam, especially without the fans. Sure. I will take the Ravens to win by more than a touchdown. By the way, I asked the Shine Kids for the Thursday night pick with the Browns favored by six against the Bengals. You know, and I say you don't want to overreact. You remember on Shine on Sports when the schedule came out, I said I can't wait to pick Cincinnati to win that game. So no matter who I pick to win, I'm definitely going to take Cincy with the points. I asked Theo, just started kindergarten this week, who he liked, the Bengals or the Browns. He asked if the Browns were family friends of ours who we saw at the place that we swim over the weekend, so I I will have to regroup Theo to see who he wants to pick in, in that game. Jolie is definitely taking the Bengals. Maya wanted more more time to make the pick, so I'll tweet out at Adam Shine who the Shine kids are going to pick in that one. You rolling with Joe Burrow or are you going with Baker Mayfield in this one, Bob? I just think the Browns are better than the Bengals at pretty much every position. I know Burrow looked pretty good in the first game against the Chargers. Problems like the Bengals are still rebuilding. They're still growing. Cleveland, they really loaded up. I know they got blasted by the Ravens. You have to think they're going to give a better effort at home. I will take the Browns right now. They are favored by five and a half, so I will take Cleveland to win and cover. By the way, as you remember from last year, Bob Stew historically atrocious on Thursday night football, so... I feel even better about my pick of Cincinnati. Adam Schein, fantasy football legend. My DraftKings lineup was excellent this past week. I, I told you I'm in a, in a league with 20 guys, 20 friends from town, and I finished in sixth this week. And I told everyone last week Josh Jacobs was a must play. First guy I circled, he was, he was excellent. Started Lamar. Had a really strong week. There's this guy in our league 
great guy, big Minnesota Vikings fan, my guy Boris, and he's he's a machine. Bob, he won the league last year. I think he won. This is a and this is again twenty guys in the league. Eleven of the seventeen weeks what? last year. He's he's like he's like half man, half machine. He's like the football <laughs> farmer's almanac. He knows what's going to happen next. So, you know, I was Boris won the week. You're looking for normalcy in 2020. Well, here it is. But, my kids, we are in a kids' fantasy league, as you know. Week one of the season, matched up against Boris's team, the Shine Kids 111.6, Boris 101.06, a huge victory for the Shine Kids, who started J.K. Dobbins at running back, Bob Stew. And J.K. Dobbins got a couple of touchdowns. Well, you said Boris is a big Minnesota Vikings fan, right, Adam? Yeah, that's true. I think he has more problems to worry about than his fantasy team losing to you with what happened with the Vikings against the Packers over the weekend, yeah, Adam. You're not, you're not Poor kidding. Boris. Oh, yeah, Boris. <laughs> Poor Boris is right. I got to tell you, you look at these fantasy matchups for week in, week out, and you take a look at, you know I'm obsessed with DraftKings. You know, we mentioned it in piecemeal in a couple of segments. I I think the Cowboys, Cowboys offense is going to have a really big season coming up, a really big week coming up this week against the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I agree with you, Adam. I think in terms of DraftKings, it might be a little too expensive, though. Even Prescott? Yeah, I think Dak actually could be worth going with. Funny, though, that you did mention Boris to start this, completely unprovoked, and he's a big Vikings fan. The stack I really like this week, Adam, is the Colts versus the Vikings. I think Phillip Rivers, he's appropriately priced. T.Y. Hilton, Jack Doyle, that's where I would go in terms of the stack. I do like your idea, though. Dallas? Dallas could be an interesting stack against Atlanta, Adam. I do like that one. Boy, Bob, I, I hear you on prices. I, I couldn't stack Phillip Rivers if my life depended on it. <laughs> you, you feel good about playing Phillip Rivers in fantasy football? I feel great about it. He's appropriately priced. He's not too expensive. The Vikings couldn't cover any Packers receiver. That bolts really well for T.Y. Hilton, Phillip Rivers. I mean, Adam, Marquez Valdez-Scandling, he looked like Michael Irvin out there the other day. <laughs> I mean, Alan Lazard, he was unbelievable. They couldn't cover anybody. Devontae Adams, he looked like the best receiver in the NFL. To me, it's more about the Vikings corners than it really is about Rivers, Adam. But you know Rivers in the, in the Colts, you know they're going to throw the football a ton. They threw the football a ton against Jacksonville, and they moved it well. I don't, I'm not looking for the Colts to win. I'm just looking for the Colts to put up yards, and I think that's what's going to happen. This might sound Captain Obvious in terms of stacking, but Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, you know, they're playing Detroit, Bob, at home. I I don't think that train is going to get slowed down anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason Devontae Adams is literally the highest-priced receiver out there this week for DraftKings. I mean, I think he would be great if you could afford him. I think that would be nice. A little bit cheaper option, too, that I like, Adam. Chris Godwin, he looked pretty good with Tom Brady over the weekend yes, as a combination. Did. They get Carolina. I don't believe in them defensively. I think Godwin, he's a little bit cheaper than Adams. He could be definitely somebody worth putting in your lineup this week. How about Jonathan Taylor from my Indianapolis Colts? You know, I picked him for rookie of the year. Marlon Max done for the year. Priced at 5700 Now, there's a guy I'd like to get in my lineup. Yeah, I absolutely love that one too, Adam. As I said, I'm stacking the Colts as much as I can. So if you want to go Taylor too, just go a complete stack there and go with everybody. 
I'm cool with that. The one running back I like, a little bit higher price, Derek Henry, he gets Jacksonville. I mean, you've seen that combination work well in the past. Henry has ran all over Jacksonville. The team was much better in the past, and Henry teaches cash them. He carried it 31 times against Denver. Denver has a great run defense. That's pretty good usage for Derrick Henry, Adam. I think he's going to have a massive weekend. Yeah, I could see that from, from Derrick Henry. I mean, but then again, I put all this time and all this effort into my DraftKings lineup and, you know, three guarantees in life, death, taxes, and Boris wins every every single week. Always fun stuff when it comes to putting together the fantasy football lineup, and I get so into it, and then I get so angry on game day, and, you know, and then Boris finds a, a way to get a victory. Thank you for listening to another incredible episode of the Adam Shine Podcast. Mike Golick, what a pleasure. Absolutely incredible. Thanks to our listeners on SiriusXM On Demand, our listeners on Pandora. Thank you to our listeners on Apple and with Stitcher. Please hit the subscribe button, leave a review, because you love the Adam Shine Podcast, and, well, I love you. You can always catch me every weekday on my SiriusXM radio show, Shine on Sports, which airs from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM, Mandog Sports Radio, Channel 82. Thanks for listening to the Adam Shine Podcast, and we'll talk to you again real soon. This is the Adam Shine Podcast. For more from Adam Shine, listen to Shine on Sports on Mad Dog Sports Radio, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM, Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.